Greetings, and welcome to Let's Talk About Books, baby, where we talk with your favorite LGBTQ authors. This is Anita Kelly, and my guest today is Meredith Dench. Hi, Meredith. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here all the way from Dayton, Ohio, one of my favorite places in the United States. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Great town. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I, I got in lots of trouble there in my youth. So, um, and as it turns out, uh, Meredith is a professor at uh, my old University of Dayton, um, which is just awesome. It's a, a great connection. <laughs> it's, it's a yes. heartwarming feeling. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Meredith, um, I should I call you Dame Meredith Dench? Oh, you know, some people do, and I kind of like it. Um, That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, but she was, she spells her name correctly. I have this really obscure O in my name, which throws everyone off when they pronounce my name. Um, she was a smart one and, you know, took the O out. If, if that's originally how she spelled it, I don't really know. But. Okay. Do you guys have the same heritage, the same, uh, you know? Yeah, there's a chance. I mean, there's people in my family who swear that there's probably some connection somewhere, but you know, I, okay. I, I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. If if there is, it's very spread out. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I I watch. Yeah. Uh, it's called Finding Your Roots. Have you ever seen that show? Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's so much fun to see who's connected to who at the end. They do yeah. that reveal, you know. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So you could be. Yeah. So Meredith, you have a new release this month. I think it it probably just came out maybe a few days ago, um, maybe a week or so. And it is called Whereabouts Unknown. Um, And that is through Bold Strokes Books, correct? All right. So can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Yeah. This is my first standalone book that I've written. And um this one takes place in Dayton for the most part. Um, and it follows, yeah, it follows a Dayton homicide detective named Theodora Madsen. She goes by Theo. And um, at the beginning of the book, she's doing awesome. Everything in her life seems to be going really well. She's about 53, so she's kind of at the height of her career. She's had some really good cases. Um, she's very respected at work. She's in good physical condition, which will play a part here in a minute. And um, her and her partner, Brie, are getting ready to have their first baby. And as the novel sort of kicks off, she is um, going with um, one of her partners to get just check on some information regarding a cold case. And it's not supposed to be any big deal, but she's injured. I won't go into the details about how she's injured. I won't give anything away. But she's injured pretty severely, like so severely that there's questions about whether or not she's going to be able to continue doing her job. Oh, wow. Um, So she's put on desk duty while she's rehabbing and doing all of that. And um, she comes across some information about a cold or a case that's happening in Cleveland of a missing teen that reminds her very much of a missing teen case in Dayton. Um, so she starts to kind of dig and dig some more and she finds way too many similarities that, that make her uncomfortable with it. Um, and she starts to believe that there's a possibility these two teens could actually be alive. And if that's the case, the clock is ticking, right? And so she's got to find them and save them. 
So it follows her on this journey of trying to find these these two teens. Um, but in the same at the same time, we have a second narrative that's going on in the book too, which is Annabelle, who's one of the sixteen year olds from Brexville, Ohio, and um, I guess I call it kind of like her captivity narrative um, oh. and not to give too much away, but we all hope she's going to get out of that captivity by the end and maybe save herself. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's what it's about. Wow. That is, that, I haven't read it. I have to tell you, I haven't read it, but I have it and it sounds amazing. Um, it really oh, does. Thanks. Yeah. So Brexville, Ohio, is that a fictitious place? No, it's actually a real place. Um, it is in it's in the Cleveland suburbs, oh. and since you're from Dayton, you know it's it's very much like the Oakwood of um, of Cleveland. Okay, and so it's, it's um, you know it's a it's a pretty wealthy area. There's only three places in the book that that you know, and they're all Ohio. One is Dayton, one's Brexville, and then the other is this area that's right outside of Mansfield, where there's a big state park. Um, cause I needed a really wooded area, um, uh, for these people to be being held, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> that, those are the only three places in the book. Okay. But, yeah. Well, I am definitely going to go check out Brexville. I have good friends who live, they just moved to Cleveland. Um, oh, really? and yeah, so we've been going out to visit them and, uh, yeah, they, they live in Pepper Pike, I think. Okay. So, yeah. Brooksville has amazing hiking and parks and all of that, which is kind of what drew it to, drew me to it. Initially, I was thinking about using that as one of the, um, possibly one of the scenes where the teens were going to be held. Um, but it just made sense to move it to another location. So. Yeah, very cool. Awesome. I love, I love Ohio talk. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, Meredith, this is, uh, categorized as like a crime mystery thil- thriller, right? Yes. And, yeah, and it's very much that. Is this your niche? Is this where you're comfortable at? Yeah, I think it is. So it took me a while to get here. Um, like originally when I first started writing and really when I was going to grad school and stuff, I wanted to be a horror writer. Ooh. And I was very determined that that's what I was going to do. And um, I kind of love doing like revenge horror type of writing. Um, And then it was probably, I think it was in the last year I was in grad school or the second to last year, um, I started reading a lot of crime books and realized that using this type of writing or using a detective or something that has to do with law enforcement could be a way to get at these issues of justice, which ultimately i think that's what my horror was doing Mm -hmm. um it was just doing it very bloodily (laughs) um but you know like that's all so i think you know i i decided like this is what i really want to write about is justice and so then this just it all sort of fell together for me um so all the books that i've published have been crime related and um have somebody who's working some sort of law enforcement or you know, that area that's sort of the guide in the book. I'm glad you crossed over from horror. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, I still miss it, but I, I yeah, it, it got to be, um, I still love to read it. I love to watch horror. Really? Um, yeah, I do. What do you love about, <laughs> tell me, tell me. Okay, so I love to be afraid, but I want to be safely afraid. Like, I want to be able to, like, flip the TV off when I want to or shut a book, you know. Uh Like, that's what I kind of 
say as safe. So does or, it does it cause you anxiety like while you're watching yes. it? Does. Yeah. And you're okay with that? I'm okay with that. I'm okay, okay. with that. Okay. I also I think that too like what originally drew me to it when I was younger, like when I was a teen, I loved that it was always the person who was on the outside who somehow managed to like be the one still standing at the end, you know? Mhm. Um, I'm, I guess I'm really talking about slashers here, but that's kind of the way <laughs> you know, that it works. Okay. So I think that that's what I really liked about it. That's so funny because I don't remember what what we were watching, but I just I said to my wife, I mean, this just happened the other night. And I just said to her, I said, you know, uh, I I always think Stephen King must be just like some fucked up yeah. dude. Like yeah. uh, like what goes on in his head, you know, to to come up with this stuff. Um yeah. so so I'm that's why I say I'm glad you made the switch otherwise I'd have to worry about what goes on in your head. <laughs> People have told me that before, yeah. Really? They were you know. But here I am writing books about serial killers, so that's kind of weird too, you know? Where do these ideas come from? <laughs> <laughs> Well, every single book that I've written has had a serial killer at the heart of it. Um, and I, you know, I, I think I'm a little overly fascinated with serial killers. Really? Um, yeah. And I think it goes back to kind of like when I was in high school, um, Jeffrey Dahmer was caught, you know? Mm. So it's just something that I really, really remember so well from my, like my late high school years of like the trial and him being caught and, um, it was, I was just totally fascinated with it. Really imprinted um, When I was in brain. college, there was another serial killer in the state of Indiana called Herbert Baumeister, who was sort of circling like Indianapolis and Cleveland area, or Indianapolis and Columbus areas. So I was hearing a lot about it then too. So it was, I guess it just sort of feels like it's like been in the background hmm. noise or something in my life. Yeah. It, I don't know. It really had an impression on you, though. I mean, it, it did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, um, is that what you continue to read? Do you continue to read horror, or um, do you read more crime novels now? I've pretty much, yeah. It's mostly crime now. Like, I really love Cheryl Head's work, um, J.M. Redmond's. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. um, Ali Valley. Some of her. Yeah, I know, worry about her too. <laughs> 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 yeah i yeah i think that i'm trying to remember when the last time i read like something that was actually classified as horror it's been a while okay all right. it's been a while all right as you can probably tell i'm not a fan of horror <laughs> yeah 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 it freaks me out too much it really does i'm like yeah it's just uh you know i i like to read to um kind of escape you know and mm -hmm. yeah um so there's too much horror I think in the real world and so yeah I agree with that 100 <laughs> percent there's <laughs> way too much horror in the real world yeah. yeah yeah especially especially now it's freaky yeah so so tell us about some of your other published works I know um you have crossed mm -hmm. crossed was the first one okay. um that was in the loose Hansen series there's three. Um, so Cross came out in 2015. Forsaken Trust was 2017. And then Dead Eye was 2019. So they kind of, you know, all kind of came out together. But they all feature, or they're all sort of are following um, really closely Luce Hansen. 
and she's a little bit different. They're all in Ohio again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but she sort of she's a little bit different because she works for she's a special agent for Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation, so sort of like the FBI of Ohio. Okay. Um, and her job, I mean, she's specifically assigned to tracking like serial crimes, not necessarily serial killers, um, but serial crimes that are happening in the state of Ohio. So it could be like a, a series of robberies or yep. B&Es or stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of, that's sort of, but you know, in the end of, in, in all of these books, it ends up being a serial killer, but that's technically what her job is. So when I wrote this last one, I was like, I felt like I was, um, this newest book, I felt like I was a little hemmed in by her job. Um, and so that was kind of the reason why I wanted to start a, a new book because I, I felt like if that's her job, I can't really take her job from her. And I'm kind of forced into that serial type of a, of a, I don't know, kind of a, you know, sort of serial killer of some yeah. point is going to come into this, which is really funny because I've written this book and there's a serial killer in this book. So, <laughs> and, and loose is out. This is out. Yeah. She finished this. I mean, you know, she, at the end of dead eye, she's in a really good place and she's, you know, she's doing pretty good, I think. So, I mean, who knows if there'll be another one. I've kind of toyed with it a little bit, but. Ah, so we might see no, a no. fourth loose book. Yeah, we might. We might. Okay. Yeah, we might. That one, um, you know, and that those books are, they're also, you know, crime related and they're, they're following her as she's sort of, you know, going through hard boiled kind of detective work. Okay. Um, but the first book has to do with X game ministries and, there seems to be crimes that are centering around this X game ministry um, in Ohio. Um, so that's what the first one's about. The second book has more to do with um, like the, the say it, like they think it's about drugs mm-hmm. and um, drug sales that are happening in Ohio, but it turns out to be something very different. I won't give away what it is because okay. that can be too much. Okay. Um, and then the last one dead eye has to do with like, a serial sniper who is hunting during Ohio's um, deer season. Yeah. And he's hunting humans while people are hunting deer. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So. And what's the name of the, the, the second one? Oh, forsaken trust. Forsaken trust. Okay. So in that loose Hanson series, then we have crossed forsaken trust and dead eye. Yep. Okay. Wow. All right. And, and when you wrote Cross, did you intend to write a series? Was that how you started out? Or did just... No. Okay. No, I really thought it would just be a standalone. Um, I mean, I left it a little bit open at the end because I was thinking, like, I want her to be in a happy place at the end of this. But um, I didn't really foresee that it would end up being three books. So... Yeah, I was lucky that Bold Strokes wanted to do three, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, So Whereabouts Unknown, your new release, um, is that intended to be a standalone or do you see a follow-up with that? Well, you know, I'd never say never to a follow-up to this one. Um, I really like the characters that are in this. I had a really good time working with them. So, um I think it would be really fun to write a second one. Um, so I'm open to it. Um, 
I just, I haven't really come up with something to carry it through and it kind of sort of depends on bold strokes too, you know? So yeah, we'll see. Okay, cool. And, and, um, how did you come to choose bold strokes as your publishing house? So I was really, you know, it it was incredibly important to me that it was that I work with like a women driven publishing house. Mm -hmm. Um, like that was just, I really, really wanted that. And I also was interested in a small publisher. I was not interested in like the really big publishers at that time. And so Bold Strokes really stood out from the pack. And at that time, like Bywater was just getting started, I think, or it had been going, but it hadn't, it was, it wasn't necessarily popping up, you know, like when we were doing searches and things like that. Um, Bella was there and things like that. So they were all interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I just picked Bold Strokes because of how big their catalog was, okay. you know, and how much, you know, they experienced they had and the way that they were willing to talk to me about it, um, about like what they saw could happen with my books and things like that. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. Great. It's weird. I just realized all three of those start with a B. I know. <laughs> they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, do you like your writing is intended for a women loving women audience, right? And yes. Do you foresee your novels like crossing over into mainstream ever? Well, it's weird because you know the especially this last one, I've had people, lots of different people who have told me, you know, who have no affiliation with it, you know, that are not gay or not bisexual, not anything on that LGBTQIA spectrum that have read it and have been interested in it and have asked for more. So um, I think that there's a chance, like more of a chance of of a crossover now more than ever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know if it, it would ever go, you know, completely mainstream, but I definitely would be open to that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cool. That's great. I think of, um, uh, Amanda Kyle Williams. Um, her, who did her, she originally work or write for? Do you know? Um, her stuff was all mainstream. She wrote for, uh, I think it was just a mainstream publishing house. Okay. Yeah. And, um, I think I, I saw her, her book in the grocery store and I was like wow that's pretty cool (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, I've recently been working on I mean I don't know exactly when this if this will ever come to fruition but what I've been working on since whereabouts unknown um published is uh sort of a true crime non-fiction book um and trying to see if I can just try my hand at nonfiction. It's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. And so I don't know if that will ever, I mean, at some point I might just be like, ah, I'm just going to go back to writing thrillers. So we'll see, but I, you know, I, I wanted to try it. And so that's what I've been kind of working with a little bit. Really? So is that your current work in progress right now? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's been a lot harder than I thought, you know, like as fiction writers, we can just, add anything you know like we can just throw anything in there we can change the setting we can we can do anything but you know with nonfiction, you got to stick to the truth and it's it's you know a lot harder than what i thought it was going to be i imagine the research is pretty intense yeah yeah and yeah you'd be 
footnoting all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Which I, that was another thing I didn't really think that through very well. So I don't know if I'll continue or if it's going to be one of those, it's probably going to be, end up being one of those pet projects that just, you know, go on for years and we'll see if it ever gets done. So, yeah, I could see that. I could see that being like a, a life's work or something, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but that's cool. What for you, Meredith, what, What's been the most rewarding aspect of, of writing? Oh, wow. So I think that the, the best thing that has come from my writing is meeting different people from all different parts of the country and even overseas, um, like readers who also really, really love this kind of writing, you know, and, um, this camaraderie kind of that's that's built around writing and reading too because you know I'm an avid reader too so all of that I think that this community that's been built has been really important to me um and one I didn't necessarily think was going to be I didn't think that was going to be such a big deal to me but it is you know yeah yeah it is a it is quite a community um yeah it really is and and it's um not just comprised of of authors but of readers, readers too. too yeah yeah it's unique. yeah i didn't foresee that i i thought that um it would be more important you know or that i would get a lot of um satisfaction just from publishing which i have for sure mm-hmm. but the real satisfaction i think comes from like having these other people who are also doing it or also reading it and are willing to talk about it and then you know to kind of have these conversations and have this community build up around it. It's really cool. That is cool. So has, has becoming a published author, has that like changed your, your career at all? Um, not really. I already had my job at UD. It's maybe possibly made it a little bit more secure. Um, but I already had my job at UD before I published the first book. It was under contract, I guess, when I started working for them. Um, but yeah, it. I, I would say it has made my job more secure. Cool. Um, but it didn't really change, like, my position or anything like that. Okay. So I have to ask, UD is a Catholic college. And I'm hearing that they're supportive of of your writing. Is that? Yeah, absolutely. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's not a whole lot of LGBTQ plus people who are working at UD. I mean, we, there's a handful of us. We have our own kind of like group, you know, where we support each other and, um, and the work that we do and our time at the university and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but the university itself, you know, they, they have been very supportive. Um, particularly my department, the English department has really stood behind me. So that's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really great. Um, one of my biggest frustrations and I don't think that this is just because it's a Catholic school. I think this probably is an issue all over. But one of the things that frustrates me so much is when I'm teaching, um, and I so many students tell me they've never read anything that ha- has had a gay character in it, uh. or they've never read anything with a trans character. It's so disheartening to me that the very first time that they're coming across that is when they're 19, yeah. you know, yeah. 20. Yeah. Um, yep. So I don't know. I, I think it's, I don't know, important that they get this into their hands earlier, but. Yep. I totally agree. I, um, yeah. 
I was the director of counseling at um, a liberal arts college and mm-hmm. uh, for years. And, um, and also I was um, the LGBT coordinator for a while. And what, and, and that's one thing that I discovered in, even in counseling sessions was that young people who were coming to college um, you know, they're exploring themselves and they didn't even know that this genre existed. Yeah. Like, I, um, and I, it just, it shocked me really. I was, so I, <laughs> that's actually how I kind of got connected with Bold Strokes was, um, I asked Radcliffe to come to campus. Um, oh, okay. yeah, and she did. And, and, uh, and so then every year I would invite other authors to come and do readings and, and, and meet the kids. And, you know, uh-huh. so, um, yeah, it was, it was really popular. Um, but it was just, it's just amazing to me. And, and since I've been doing this podcast, I've been learning that not only like young people, um, are you know are unaware of of lgbt literature but so are you know older people who are kind of just isolated and and um just never encountered it um right so i uh yeah like i i think wow i have been so lucky <laughs> yeah you know? yeah that's how i feel about it too and you know i try to include in every single one of my classes um at least at least one reading that is from, you know, that has an LGBTQ character and hopefully the writer is as well too. Um, but you know, there's other classes that I do a little more of it, but yeah, it's, it's been really surprising to me how little exposure, um, students have had. I know. I know. That's amazing. So that's great. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're doing that and the school supports that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cool. 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 That's great. So you teach creative writing, is that right? Yeah. So my my technical name for my job is Senior Lecturer of Creative Writing, Literature, and Composition. So I kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, I remember. But mostly my classes are creative writing. Okay. Um, I do teach a prison lit class once a year that, you know, is mostly literature. Um, but yeah, I would say like, you know, 80% of the classes I teach are creative writing. Wow. I remember freshman composition at UD. <laughs> I do teach that sometimes. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. It's so fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Whether you want to take it or not, you have to. Yep. Yes. Yeah. It is still that way. It is still a requirement. That's good, though. I think that's great because, you know, whether you end up in that field or not, everyone in any position you're in, you end up, you need to write, you know? Yeah. So it, it's a good yep. thing. It's a great thing. Um, so what do you see? Like you're you're working with students who are, what, somewhere between usually 18 and 21-ish and, and yeah. what do you see is like some of the most common mistakes that, that young writers are making um, or not even young, just any writers? So the ones that are coming to my class for creative writing, um, I think that one of the things that they try to do and we're working with short fiction. So um, one of the things that they try to do is like write a whole entire movie in three pages. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, cause they can see it in their head and they, you know, and then they try to write the whole thing and try to cram it into this three page space. Um, and so that's usually like the very first place that we start is determining like, you know, how can we break this up? So you're not telling us everything and, you know, just giving us, a story out of that larger story, yeah. you know, let's take a scene. Yeah, absolutely. I did last year was the very first year that we had a novel writing class. And I was so lucky because I got to teach it with one of my great friends, um, Katrina Kittle. And that was really awesome. We had 15 students who signed in, signed up for it. And they had to write 50,000 words through the course of the semester. Um, and then we worked with, you know, different aspects of publishing and um, different things that they would need to, like writing their synopsis, writing their pitch, um, what do they do with it once you're done with it, that kind of a thing. And that was really fun um, to write a longer, longer form. Wow, that's great. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Did everybody yeah. do okay? Like, did everybody yeah, they come did. out with 50,000? They did. And once they realized, because like at the beginning of the semester, they were all like, this is so awesome. We're going to have a book done at the end. And I was like, well, not really. I mean, you know, like usually a novel, they, it sort of fits like more like towards 80,000 words, but you're going to have a great, great start. And they didn't believe me. Um, and by the end, they were like, yeah, there's so much more to come. <laughs> oh, that's nice so, that they were able to see that, though. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. cool. It turned out really good. That's great. So um, do you teach outside of UD? No, I, well, I guess, I mean, the only, I run some workshops at like our local library um, and we have Youngstown, Ohio has um, a literature festival that I teach for sometimes, um, but not, not anything regular. Okay. Um, are you a member of the Golden Crown Literary Society? I am. Okay. Yes. Because they have this thing, this writing academy. I know I keep, I didn't really know what that was or I didn't know about it until about a year ago. And yeah, I've been looking into that a little bit to see. I, I think that would be a really fun place to, do you work with that? Uh, I am a student in that writing academy right now. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh Oh, that's awesome. It's, Are you enjoying it? I'm totally enjoying it. I'm totally learning a lot I'm I'm basically learning what I don't what I thought I knew and didn't know <laughs> like you know right like and and um so we have uh guest lecturers almost every week um and um like Radcliffe has been there Cherie Greer has been a constant yeah, she's great. yeah. yeah. um trying to think who else Melissa Braden has um mm -hmm. been there and and so it's um it's it's nice, and then uh, we just got hooked up with with mentors. Um, oh, that's fantastic! Who are going to review like the first fifty pages of your of our books? Um, I'm lucky. My mentor, um, she said, "Hey, you just send me your whole manuscript." So, okay, so this means you have a book. Oh, I have a couple. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> yeah, they suck, but I have them. <laughs> Oh no, that's awesome. That's really great. Yeah. That's, oh, that's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. It's, I hope that it goes somewhere for you. Oh, thanks. 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 Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good, good class. Um, you know, 
you learn a lot. So yeah, you, you should check it out. See, you know, you would probably be a real asset to that. Yeah, I will. Who's in charge of it? Uh, Finn Burnett. Oh yes, absolutely. I know who Finn is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. She does a great job. Yeah. So how long is it? Is it a whole year yes. or is it? Yep. Yeah. It's a whole year, like two semesters. Um, you know, there's, it, it's, it's run like college semesters. There's a break at yeah. halftime and, and, you know, you get holidays off spring break. Um, and then, um, right now we're winding down, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, working with mentors. And then, um, I think, you know, in July they have the, the conferences, right? So the yeah. class kind of graduates at the conference then. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice little touch. I, I don't think I'm going to the conference, though. Are you going? I don't think so. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty, I don't know. I have so much going on in that month, and so I don't think I'm going to be able to make it this year. But I'm hoping to go next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where it is next year. Do you, do you know? Aren't they going back to Orlando? Um, or maybe not. That could be, yeah, that could be. I know it's in Albuquerque. Orlando and yes, you, you, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's going back there. Yeah, good, awesome. So, um, who are some of your own favorite authors? Who do you like to read? Well, I really love Cheryl Head. She is one of my very favorite. Okay. Um, but J. M. Redmond is another big one. Um, the Mickey Knight series. Yep, I love those. Oh yeah, I love those a lot. Um, those are in first and- first person, right? Yeah. 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 I think that's what I really like about it. And I love, uh, what's, what's her name? Um, Ash, Ashley, Ashley Bartlett. Yes. Yeah. yeah she writes that's another one. She has those, uh, that series in first person. And I love those too. You know, the, yeah. the little criminal. Yeah. And I've read you know, um, I joined the, uh, mystery writers of America. So it like opened up like this whole other, you know, world of mystery writers and so i've been reading a lot of different ones like mindy mayha um yeah like Kristen um lapianca is a really great one too um and you know it just sort of opened up this whole other world of mystery writers to me um that i didn't realize that there's so many mysteries out there you know (laughs) yeah yeah it's it is amazing like you know um like I love to go to my, that's my wife's favorite genre is like mystery. Crime, crime mysteries. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I'm writing down, I, I'm not familiar with Kristen LaBianca. So I just jotted her name down. And yeah, she's along. from Columbus too. So she's is an Ohio she? girl. All right. All right. We like our <laughs> Ohio girls. <laughs> yeah. So are you, um, did I ask you this? Are you from Ohio? Yeah, I am from Ohio. I left Ohio to, um, I did my undergraduate in Indiana and then I lived in Texas for a while when I was doing like my graduate work and then I ended up coming back to okay. Ohio. Okay. Um, yeah. Susie Clark is, is from Ohio. She is. Yeah. 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 She lives in a town where some of my ancestors are from. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's wild. So the next time I get around there, I'm going to stop in and say hi. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Next time you're in Dayton, you got to let me know too. Okay. We'll do. We'll do. Yeah. Is it, is it, is that B 
big hill still back there where they we take the trays from the cafeteria and go sledding down the hill. <laughs> it is there, but they've built a lot of stuff um, that kind of blocks you from going all the way down the hill. Oh, bummer. Yeah, there's a parking lot now. Um, and so you would come down it and you would sort of like slide across the parking lot and then come down the next hill, you know. Yeah. They've kind of broken the hill up a little bit. Uh, uh, bummer. That was a great hill. Yeah. And uh, and I lived at, what was it called? Mary Crest, I guess. Mary Crest. Yeah. 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 I was the only female dorm. Oh, my gosh. All the way at the top of the hill. Uh-huh. Yep. And I lived at the, on the seventh floor, too. <laughs> I'm sure that those rooms haven't changed much since you were there either. Probably not. Yep. I'm <laughs> sure. I'm sure because my, my father and my uncle lived in, is it St. No, I guess it, it was alumni hall. There is alumni hall. Yeah. I think I'm that's where. I was trying to think of some other names of them. Yeah. Stuart is another one. Stuart I remember hall. Stuart. I had some buddies who lived in Stuart, but, yep. uh, but alumni hall hadn't changed since they lived there. Like when I was uh, there, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's so cool. It's so great to talk to another UD flyer. Yeah, and, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, once people graduate, I don't really like hear from them again. And it's, you know, it's, it's great to hear from somebody who graduated from there. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's fun. It's, uh, uh boy, boy. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have stories from the ghetto. <laughs> <laughs> Which we don't call it that anymore. We call it the student neighborhood. I know. That's so uh, sad. But they, yeah, that's their, um, yeah, the student neighborhood. And then they split it up into north neighborhood, south neighborhood, that kind of thing like that. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. For, I think my junior year, I lived on the other side of campus over, uh, was it Chambers? The dark side. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was fun because we had a double with 12 of us girls in this double house and we would like crawl out the windows on the roof and you know like go in between houses and uh yeah yeah it was a little nuts <laughs> but fun yeah so that's very cool though yeah I'm yeah. Glad you were yeah so wow um meredith thank you so much for being on the show um it well, has thanks been, for having me yeah it's been a pleasure talking with you um, and so listeners, um, we have been talking to Meredith Dench and her book, Whereabouts Unknown, um, has just come out, uh, like around March 15th, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, and you can get that anywhere you buy your books, uh, Amazon, Bold Strokes, um, uh, where else can they get it? Um, I think that they have them available at Target. Um, cool. Most of the bold stroke books are for sale through Target, but I don't know if they're in the stores. I mean, you have to use it like, through their online method. But okay. yeah, awesome! I did not know that. That's fantastic. Yeah, yay Target. Yeah. So, all right. So, any parting words for our listeners, Meredith? No, just thanks for thanks for the time. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been our pleasure. So, um, yeah, that's all the time we have for today. And uh, thanks for joining. Let's talk about books, baby. So until next time, uh, may your journey be lighthearted. Peace be plenty and be safe out there, folks. <laughs>